good position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which everyone, total meritocracy, everyone, regardless of size, amount of money, regardless of amount of developers, and prospective sales, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know. Uh, join us on Steam and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news. We have the latest titles that we are interested in. Of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews. And then we have, of course, everyone's favorite, the deals. Uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! Hello, and welcome to episode number 383 of the Best Linux Games! Podcast! Being recorded for you on this Saturday, the 26th of February, 2022. Uh, uh, 2023 100 hours. Um, make it like 8.30. Left coast, coast of the most. Pacific coast time. Crack engineer, Ivor Molina. Over there! In that booth! Wearing the GIMP costume! Just like I told him to. And you know what, Ivor? You're fired. But he's holding up the whiskey signs. That means one thing. And one thing only. Ladies and gentlemen, Carrot Top! No, um, that means whiskey. Alright, so we have a... Wow, this show has already spiraled out of control. But that would, of course, make it for our sequel, friends. 2022-02-26-2024. Um... The followers of the one true time of day format. Who got a big fucking jolt of the nuts? Oh yeah, on Tuesday of this last week. 2022-02-02. It's not a very lucky day for me. In fact, my luck has changed. 
horrifically ever since. But I just want to, is the only time I'm going to mention it, I've seen such acts of like bravery and heroism out of you, out of the Ukraine, who is like fighting off this belligerent, fucking psychotic. When I did last week's show, I thought that Putin would have a plan. I now think that friend of the show, Jeff Jeffy Wise, was actually more on the mark that Putin has gone fucking crazy. And for those of you who haven't played this game before, mutually assured destruction only works when there's two rational actors at the table. So I have no idea what's going to happen in Ukraine. I've You know, I I don't I I I don't know. It could be World War 3. Literally If we let if we let this unprovoked, you know, not not belly aggression stand in order to avoid directly confronting a nuclear power, you know, blah, but I mean, I don't know where that goes. That goes nowhere good. They're not a member of NATO. We have the UN and then we have sanctions and it looks like Biden is leveling them with sanctions. But where does that go? We don't know. All we do know is that GQP continues to lie. I mean, it is amazing. These fucking scumbags here in America. Fox News, whatever. Anyone will suck Putin's cock. It's amazing. Everything Biden ever did is like a travesty according to them. Meanwhile, they had the biggest dick licker on the fucking face of the planet. Fucking traitorous sellout who tried to overthrow this country. Yeah. Fuck you if you think I'm wrong. Honestly, at this point, fuck you. But yeah, my uh, my eyes and thoughts and prayers or whatever, I don't know what to say are with, you know, Ukraine. I, I don't see it ending well. But this has been a momentous week. For Linux gaming, as we stare down the barrel of World War III. First of all, uh, right now, through the 28th, is Steam's latest iteration of the Next Fest, which is their uh, little mini festival where they let you play and download and see some of the best games that they, I think that they picked themselves. Um, that are forthcoming and that generally have free demos. We have two free demos selected for you here, but I have to say the only fucking game I care about, you know, the only fucking game I care about is uh, System Shock Reboot. It's supposed to be out by now. But uh, we'll talk more about that in a moment. Our feature this week is, of course, the probably the most highly anticipated game of 2022 thus far, if not in toto, 
and that is from software makers of Sekiro, Sekiro, and uh, the Dark Souls franchise. Their latest game, which introduces an open world concept to their oh, it's it's beyond stupid hard. It's so hard that it makes you wonder why you can't get paid to do this. It's that hard. And about that enjoyable, we have our first impressions of the Elden Ring, which we'll talk about in our feature this week. But, before we get to that, also, and before we get to our, you know, mini feature thing here up front, not right, Ivor! Oh, we'll get the fucking case, won't we, Ivor? Oh, we get the fucking case, Gregor! We'll get the fucking case, that's right! Um, right now, on the Steam store, it keeps saying that the Steam Deck is here. And, uh, <laughs> it's not here for me. I have no money, I'm broke as fuck. Uh, and I'm gonna owe a lot in taxes this year. So it's gonna be brutal whenever they decide when the Steam Deck is here. It still does honor my reservation, which was made on July 16th of 2021. But yeah, no, Steam Deck is not here. It is, I have not gotten, there is no email. Let's check, let's check. Come on, Ivor, you're fired, you should have done this before we started the show. Let's check, let's check our good old fashioned. Yep. Yeah. Steam Deck. Yeah. No new updates. I'm still in the fucking queue or whatever. It's cool because I have no money to pay for it. Anyway. I just thought that was kind of amusing that Steam Deck is here! And it's not here. You can click on it. It shows you a big impressive list of titles, including God of War. Which is the game that we were supposed to talk about this week, but which is a bigger game than I gave it credit for even potentially being. And uh, I had some problems with my uh, my graphics drivers because um, it turned out God of War was occasionally causing my NVIDIA uh, 1080 Ti to freak out. Was causing some heat problems, but all of that seems to have been fixed with uh, updated drivers from uh, Valentine's Day, I think, which is, I think that's, it's like, I can't remember. I, I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, and I don't care. God of War runs great. But, in terms of the next fest, which seems like it's happening twice annually diannually seems like they're doing one of these all the time there are two games that you should probably look at both of these games have free demos that are available that run great for Linux and both of them are highly recommended not just because they're free but because they're awesome 
First off is Little Orpheus, which is a side-scrolling platformer a la Prince of Persia, where you play as a Soviet intronaut. I don't know. I don't know what the word for Earth is in Russian. Um, you play as a Soviet guy who gets on top of a giant atomic bomb mounted into a drill to discover the center of the Earth and you find a prehistoric wilderness in a side-scrolling adventure with great characters, great stealth action, great dinosaurs, fantastic graphics, <laughs> rope swing, everyone to get from street, underground, uh, as you try to evade Tyrannosaurus Rex, Ray, Rexi, Rexy, Rexes, uh, and are terrified at every turn in this gorgeous fucking prehistoric world at the center of the earth, comrade. And the game is focused on you telling these two in the form of being debriefed to a political official, party official, who is fairly dispassionately incredulous about your account. And what happened to the missing nuclear bomb? I cannot wait till Orpheus comes out uh, hopefully later this year, but as if that weren't enough. Also, free demo available. Now through the 28th. I don't know if they'll be available after the 28th. Fist of the Forgotten, which is also a side-scrolling platformer, also in the vein of Feist. It really reminded me of Feist a lot. But Feist crossed with like a real hardcore role-playing game with like story elements and an interesting physics concept wherein if you're running up a hill and you jump, you gain momentum. If you're running down a hill, you lose momentum and you jump. That game is extraordinarily compelling, but Little Orpheus is better. Little Orpheus reminds me of Fade to Black. Or Flashback, actually. Fade to Black was the original. Uh, that was in 3D. Uh, Fade to Bl- uh, Flashback. Where, you know, maybe we get weapons, but all sorts of attention to detail has been paid to Little Orpheus and Fist of Forgotten. And Fist of the Forgotten both of which have free demos available now. I don't know if they'll be available after the 28th, so just download them now. Along with the System Shock demo, which is supposed to be available by now. Supposed to be spring 2022. If you pre-order it, by the way, you get the reboot of System Shock 2 as well. But the demo of System Shock 1, the reboot, is so good, and I been waiting for so long and I can't find any information on when if ever it's actually coming out and it's a night dive game oh boy so like you know nothing ever is easy speaking of nothing is nothing ever is easy God of War is possibly the best adventure game I've played in the last 20 years we will be talking more about that game next week for now because this is a short show because I have to get drunk 
and I then I have to get high and I have to order a pizza all before putting this show to bed for this weekend so I can jump into Elden Ring and then when I get too stoned or I mean so I can jump into God of War and then when I get too stoned then I can jump into Elden Ring and get my friends killed again Ivor based him with our feature our first impressions of Elden Ring so there's a couple of things that you need to know about Elden Ring from software's latest and greatest masterpiece. If you don't know what that any of that means, from software is the name of the development company. They made uh, the flagship for like the crusade of like let's make games harder and less enjoyable in general for everyone, but make them so good and with bosses so awesome and with environments so compelling and characters so sharp and moves and controls so tight that everyone else is going to play them and so you're forced to play them because you run a fucking thing called the Best Things Games Podcast and so you end up almost beating Sekiro so Elden Ring is from software's massive reinvention of itself it basically steals everything that's good from Red Dead Redemption 2, so horseback riding, uh, ability to fast travel, non-linear gameplay, non-linear quests, open world, multiplayer, simultaneous quests, long draw distances, and then brings the From Software stamp onto it, meaning insanely dark, depressing beautiful netherworld visions of spooky weird mythological cross pollinated um you know it's a polyglot fucking mythology that you know blah currently I'm playing as a samurai you die at the beginning of the game and you are I don't know. I almost fell asleep during the introduction. The introduction's only like five minutes, but it was so fucking boring. It was so pro forma. I was like, oh god. This is like a couple days ago. Other thing you should know. Yeah, anyway, so you're dead and now you're fighting your way through the land of fog. You're tarnished and, you know, whatever those things mean, they mean something to someone somewhere. Somehow, I'm absolutely sure what it is is Sekiro 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 shadows die twice of the old west all of the form from software uh, hallmarks of the form that they pioneered are here you can break other characters stances you can blah, you can you can parry, you can block, you can heavy attack, you can light attack, you can level up your shit. 
all in a super hard though completely open world game that has hundreds of other players either as ghosts or you know as part of your party or if there is evidently a PvP component to the game that I'm kind of interested in you pick your class you saunter out into the into the lands between the fog or whatever the fuck it's called and you die and you die and you die and you die and you lose everything and you die and you die you lose everything you die you lose everything you die rinse wash repeat until you get good at the game again stealth elements so far I'm I'm an hour and a half into the game I've just found my third um checkpoint, my third golden horn of light or whatever the fuck and that means you can now level up and that means spending runes and runes are just credits that you get for killing other things, if you die you lose all your runes at first when I first got this game because this was like my biggest number one big time oh god I gotta play this game when it comes out at first, it kicked me because of EAC. That was on drop day. As of yesterday, they fixed EAC for Linux users. Theoretically. We are now first class citizens again. The game will not stop showing me an endless series when I when I log in and start the game keep showing me the same fucking series of disclaimers, but the game still remembers that I have a character. The connection to multiplayer and everything is seamless. It is smooth. The story is absolute boredom. It is pro forma, formulaic, treacle, pablum, and bullshit that only a 10-year-old would like be, oh, this is amazing. However, once you get into the game which happens fairly quickly and you can customize the shit out of your character and you can choose from all different types of character classes I wanted to be a samurai so I'm a samurai, I'm a chick samurai you can't tell that I'm a chick whatever I found this village I bought a crafting kit I found this village filled with enemy forces I've liquidated them numerous times I've not been able to liquidate them and escape successfully I've fought five bosses now, I've defeated one of them and that includes the very first boss if anything the two oh wait, I forgot to mention this game will rip your nuts off, rip your chode out and shove it down your throat with how gorgeous it is we're talking vast expanses of huge huge draw distances all with light sourced live real time day and night cycles etc everything light sourced shadows that extend into infinity in this uh, bizarre ruined Elysium in which we the tarnished must populate congregate and find our way through until we become the Elden Ringbearer. 
What that means, I don't know. What that entails, I do not care. What I, what I know that it means is lots of insanely hard, incredibly tightly timed, uh, parrying, blocking, attacking, and heart attacking. And upgrading your shit. All with a crafting menu. Eventually you get a spectral horse that you can summon just like in Red Dead Redemption 2. And you can go wherever the fuck you want and do whatever the fuck you want. You can partner with whoever you want. You can, uh, you know, play however you want. If you think you're a badass, go ahead. Take on that entire village of guards. You'll die. And you'll die. And you'll die, and you'll die, and you'll die, and you'll die, and you'll die. Like, the first main lesson of this game for me was, Hey, Seth, hey, Skooky, you remember Sekiro? You remember the first boss? You remember the best way? Don't fight him. So once I remembered that, I was like, okay, yeah, I'm not gonna fight this guy. That's the second boss. He killed me in one hit. The five times I tried to fight him. He's on a horse. He's a golden knight. Monster. But it's not the bosses, although they are everywhere, that are the real main enemy. It is just the enemies and getting your feel back for a From Software degree level of difficulty game. Which is, like, where I was going to veer off from, like, discussing this particular game. Because I'll just give you the bottom line. This game is absolutely gorgeous. If you like Red Dead Redemption 2, you will absolutely fucking shit your pants over this game. If you like other From Software games, like Dark Souls or Dark Souls 3. Or, if you like Rockstar's Red Dead Redemption 2 go anywhere, hunt anything, gather anything, do anything, discover your own quests, advance the storyline at your own leisure, with or without other people, all of whom are available to join dynamically in a seamlessly integrated um, server droplet-based kind of world. Uh, Fantastic. Game is absolutely amazing. And especially if you like being punished by From Software's brutally difficult design aesthetic. It's like a sadomasochistic fucking design aesthetic. I did, I drew 12 graphs of games. The first one was Mario. Second one was this game. Third one was like uh, Final Fantasy, whatever the one with Sin was, where you, you, um, Anyway, I drew all these... Then the next one was Metroid, then Bayonetta, then Sonic the Hedgehog, and then Metal Gear Solid 2. And then Sekiro. And this game is ten times harder than Sekiro. So far. It is fucking mind-blowingly difficult. But it is also extraordinarily rewarding and the open go anywhere, do anything aspect nature of it really feels because there are consequences for failure it almost reminds me 
I'm only an hour and a half in, but it almost reminds me as of one of the, of actually the all time most satisfying gameplay experience of my entire life, which was running IHC was Minecraft back in the day. Um, there's a lot to lose. If you die, you lose everything. Um, now that you can, now that I can level up, and everything is secret, everything is confusing, everything is a lot of talky bullshit, but it's mainly just action and stealth. And it's that same simplified Sekiro style stealth where it's like, there is no run button, at least not one that I have for my samurai. There's a crouch button, which makes you harder for enemy, and so you can lure them into traps. You can you can eliminate all the people in that village by luring them out and taking them on individually or just killing them all. Um, but you're not going to be able to block and parry seven guys with shields as they come at you, and you're not going to be able to fight terrible demons. You also, my character, my samurai character, has a bow, has a shield, has a sword. The controls are tight. They are perfect. They are from perfect. From software perfect. Um, They're merciless. Takes three hits to kill you in general. Hunting and gathering and selling your shit is incredibly fun. Exploration is significantly hampered by the level of, by the just severe degree of difficulty of combat. And the fact that you basically need to get back to a golden shard or whatever the fuck to, you know, rest to save your game. I'm not even sure if that saves your runes. Runes are like the money that you collect. You find treasure, upgrade treasure, craft treasure. It's a big, deep, gorgeous, extraordinarily difficult game. And as soon as I beat God of War, which is so out of control, mind-blowingly awesome. It might be one of the top, might be one of the top 10 best games I've ever played in my entire life. I'll know when I beat it, and that's going to be a while, because that game, I'm 50 hours in or whatever. Let's see. God of War. I'm 40 hours in. God of War. I am 106 minutes into Elden Ring. Elden Ring is so punishingly difficult that it makes it it actually makes it probably the best game that From Software has ever made. Because the open world aspect of it means that you can use stealth and evasion tactics to get to places that you really couldn't get in a normal From Software game and that wouldn't be it would seem like intolerable to a developer to allow you to get to you know, but I mean like, fuck, you want to just gather flowers and sell them and then level up your cookbooks and learn how to craft shit, you can do that you want to be a broad, you know, you want to be a fucking samurai sword wielding maniac who is able to take on anyone, well, you better get good at combat. It's really hard. It's super hard. But it's not hard because of the controls, it's hard because of the opponents and the AI 
and stuff. And I look forward to accepting Blaster, BPR, who's whining about how unstable the game was. Game's not unstable. It runs fine. I'm on a 1080 Ti, Linux Mint 20, whatever. Um, it does, there, there's some frame, there, it doesn't run quite as smoothly when I'm live streaming it, but I did put up a live stream of it today just to show you what type of performance you can expect. And the fact that EAC only fucked with me one time on day of release and has not fucked with me since, I'm impressed. But it's really that degree of difficulty level that I find both alluring and why am I not getting paid for this? You know, like, I'd rather play God of War. But that's until I beat God of War, because then I'm all about Elden Ring. And I'm trying to put in about, you know, 20 minutes a day in Elden Ring. Um, The load times between when you die, they are, like, almost non-existent. They're great. It makes it it feels like a big, broad, expansive uh, it feels like a master painter if you like art at all like if you like art think of your favorite painter and just imagine them on like the biggest canvas that they've ever had and they're letting you paint it and they're like helping you a little bit and they're hurting you because there is no art without resistance of medium it is already exceptional I agree I, and once again many thanks go out to friend of the show Fagledorf and uh, not so much to BPR for this one but Fagledorf BPR and I will all of us will journey forth eventually together as soon as I get past level one um, but you are so deadly. I mean, don't get me wrong. When I say like you know it's hard, I don't mean that you're weak or ineffective. It's just you are weak and ineffective. But like when you sneak up on someone and you land a critical hit in their back and you instantly murder them, it's eminently satisfying. When you realize that you that I, I have a bow, I don't have any arrows anymore. I use them all. Game told me to use them. Game lied. One thing I don't like about Elden Ring, and then we'll close this week's episode. It'll be a short episode. Damn good one, too, I think. We covered a bunch of shit here. Wow. One thing I don't like is the ability for the dead people who have traversed the area that you're going through before to drop messages that are generally asinine, inane, and useless. Sometimes, after, like, you know, the first hour after you get to, like, that village or whatever there's like a tunnel there and some of those messages were useful look up danger up powerful boss up but like finger your butthole was one of my favorite messages I I ran into and then you see these ghost images of other players and how they died there if you accidentally touched their blood it's not useful because you don't see the enemies that they're fighting. And so it's just, it's kind of kind of interrupts my game flow. 
and reminds me of the terror that I will have to play this with other people eventually. Like, I can only hold out against PPR and Fingaldorf for so long, and I suck at this game. So, that's a big imposition, and the difficulty level, but other than the difficulty level, I would not even be recording this podcast right now. I would actually be playing this until 9 o'clock tomorrow morning. Not kidding, if it wasn't for that difficulty level. But there is no art without the resistance of the medium. So yeah, Elden Ring, the most heavily anticipated, I would say it's probably the most heavily anticipated title of the year. Um, run Checks in at about 60 bucks, or you can get a deluxe edition for $79.99, I think. And that'll do it. That'll do us for this week's show. Um, hopefully I'll catch you next week if World War 3 has not busted out all over. Um, yeah, and I was very, very pleased to see, ast- allegedly, ostensibly, that God of War runs on the Steam Deck. God of War might be the best reason to buy a Steam Deck. <laughs> I mean, God of War is an amazing game. Alright, that'll do us for this week. I'll catch you next week. Cheers. Four or five times. A good idea. Four or five times. Hi there. There is delight in doing things right. Four or five times. It is I, E.B. Farnham. Maybe I'll cry. I'll get you a drink. And if I die, I'm gonna cry four or five times. Do you like to play? We like to play. I like you. We like to sing. It only runs on Linux. We like to go. Yaddy yaddy yo. Four or five times. We're gonna have such fun. Bebop one. You're becoming hysterical. Bebop two. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Three, yada yada yee, four or five times. Matt Damon. Burn everything incriminating, including this building. Burn all the White House pets, and then yourselves. Burn yourselves first. There is no Windows version of weaponized chess. Boy, this is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. It only runs on Linux. It's not a problem. You alienated part of America. I alienated crazy people. I like it very much. It is I, E.B. Farnham. You're becoming hysterical. I'm here. I'm there. I'm fucking everywhere. I'm the Eggman. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. 
For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice. Thank <laughs> you.